Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. It is not God's will for his children to remain silent in the midst of a decaying culture. Welcome to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. My guest today is Eric Metaxas. He's a best-selling author, host of his own nationally syndicated radio broadcast and television show. And Eric is also a prominent cultural commentator. Welcome to Crosspoint, and thanks for joining us today. Here in a few moments, I'm going to be joined by Eric Metaxas as we talk today about a letter to the American church. There's a lot of stuff going on in our world, folks. You know, shouldn't we be concerned, you know, as America has its strategic reserves for fuel being reduced to dangerously low supplies on hand. And our enemies know this. Uh, Should we also not be concerned that America's military has lost nearly 80,000 soldiers because of COVID shots and the disagreements over homosexual agendas and critical race theories that's pushed them out of the military? And our enemies know this as well. Instead of praying, many are watching television or going to and fro. Should it not bother, bother us that the latest statistic says that if the rapture occurs today, nearly 70% of church attendees will not make it? You know, should we not be interested in wielding God's most powerful weapon, which is prayer, against the Great Reset, which many powerful people are working toward completely changing the face of our world by 2030? And making us in progress to basically what is the new world order. Does it not alarm us that we should be praying because of the growing divisions over our nation and our increased uh, great numbers of divisions that we're having in many different areas? You know, like lawlessness and upheaval that could bring America to a civil conflict among its citizens because of the forces that are trying to divide us as citizens. America's churches are being watched, and there's, you know, the IRS has weaponized over 86,000 more agents to investigate where money's going, and that will include the church as well. Do we not need to be paying attention that we learn how corrupt our Department of Justice and FBI has become in actually being weaponized against its own people? Isn't it a time to be praying as we continue to see a moral decline in society where the culture is taught to despise God and any people who believe that sin is wrong? Should we be getting our attention and causing us to pray is the fact that many churches, you know, are losing membership. Some well-known pastors are sliding into what are the cultural norms of the day and accepting what the Bible says that is wrong, and they're saying it's okay. You know, only 6% of the people in the world now have a biblical worldview. Should those things and more others trouble the trends that we're seeing and concern us enough that we should be paying attention and drawing our attentions out of this world and recognizing the signs of the times? As the Bible has given us in the God's written word so that we could be prepared for what is around the corner or actually what is now upon us. You know, the average church in America meets for two hours weekly, which if you add that up, that's up about not quite five days a year, which could easily explain why so, we're so weak spiritually and unattractive to so many. Should we be concerned that the World Health Organization has made plans beginning by the year 2023, that's, that's now, that the nations of the world would have a digital passport system that all international travel would require digital passports and all vaccines be required to travel. 
those meetings are coming up where all these things are to be discussed. And guess what? The United States has signed on to be one of those countries. Should we not be alarmed when we hear people like Ontario Canada's health leader, top health official, that suggested to the world health officials that any citizen of the world who refuses to have vaccines should be considered to have mental issues and be treated as such? What will you do as government, business, institutions, sporting events, and many other markets of trade do away with all forms of paper currency or coin currency? forcing us into a cashless society. What we are seeing today is not only for politicians to pass laws that are immoral, but to promote their immorality and then want to pass laws to enforce their immorality and punish those that refuse to go along with their new definitions of what it is to be accepted or not. Truth is discredited on every front of debates across the board, from human sexuality to that of real religion. Christianity is being challenged constantly to bow down to suppose new evangelical deceptive truths of what a Christian is to be in the 21st century. Weather patterns, strains of flu, health issues, mental issues, the list goes on and on, are being redefined by the medical field and health organizations so to alarm people that don't go along with the new narratives of climate change or pandemics that most of humankind will perish unless they obey their protocol. Faith in God and the teachings of the Bible, and especially belief in Jesus as the only Savior and hope for the world, is being discredited as only part of the solution for the world's problems, that mankind has a better answer than that. It is sad to say, but people who once held the values of the Bible, who once spoke for God's Word and represented the Lord Jesus in the marketplace, have reinvented the church. Yet Jesus is still the problem solver, and He is the answer. Today, we witness thousands upon thousands of people coming into America illegally, all eventually to become citizens without the understanding of patriotism, a new breed of Americans that adopts the name without the knowledge of America's roots. This goes along with the military being cut down to retain only soldiers that will have no alliance but only to the military commanders without the patriot spirit of previous Americans who gave their life for this country for those that ruled over them. Still, the biggest attack must come against the biblical church, for this is the strongest opposition to this satanic-driven enemy that he has to battle over us. God's word, Satan knows, is true, so the followers of Jesus Christ stand in direct opposition to his word and have legitimate power to slow and stop his advancements. The battle is really a spiritual battle more than any other situation or people group involved. This all comes down to the matter of right versus wrong, or evil being called evil, good being called evil, that evil is good, the deception is rampant. The most powerful force at this hour left on the continent of America is the true follower of Jesus. And because of Jesus, the enemy of hell that comes in different forms cannot stand for those who stand solid with Christ will overcome these powers of darkness. As the days now draw closer to the great catching away of those true saints of God, the resistance intensifies between the follower of Jesus and those who side with Satan and his forces. We watch now as difficulties continue to multiply upon this world, and we see an increase of wickedness nothing like any previous generation has ever had to experience. We feel the opposition and the oppression of the weight of sin upon our world. 
We listen as our leaders continue to lie to us. We watch as they go about destroying our economy, passing laws to save the planet, while all the time they are bringing judgment upon their own soul as they promote human sexuality that is in direct defiance of God's law. We now have an American and generation who does not know the true and living God that spoke into this world the existence of this generation and has been told and raised and heard all they've heard about is Mother Earth, global warming, and have been given every kind of wireless instrument they need. Technology has the answer to everything they've been told. Even people with good intentions have let this get out of hand, and they've exposed this generation to so much that delights their thinking that God is just another process of life to their choosing. Our educational institutions have been more programmed to convince this generation that humanism is superior to all over other forms of previous teachings that mankind has now involved into a superior race, and people can be like God. This has only brought more confusion, more division, and the teaching that America needs purged of those things who stand in the way of this so-called progress of a new world order so that they call what is now the Great Reset has plans that they made to start the human race over again and make it a more perfect and go in a better direction. This so-called new direction is one that will eventually lead all into a deeper darkness, into hell at the end that the media has been weaponized against the public it is supposed to serve and to help the people. Major companies are going to be asked if they will force the line with new agendas to bring their company policies into a new world order of who can do business with them and who cannot. America is in grave danger of seeing extreme challenges. Yet still, the factor is that the Christian population stands in the way of seeing changes that need to be made by a new world order. So more drastic measures will have to be taken to assure that this hindrance upon society is properly dealt with. As prices rise and even persecution, the church is going to be purged, not by human hands, but rather by holy hands. And it's going to come to the point of who is really going to live for Christ and be committed and who will be the faint of heart. Those Christians that want to live the same way in both worlds, the cost will come too high for them. So they're going to have to be forced to decide just who they're going to serve. For those willing to stand with Christ, Jesus, the cost will be high. Their loss is many. Yet it is Jesus who keeps his promises that he will be the one place where they will find hope and a place of refuge and will sustain them during the storm. So, folks, we've got a lot of things going on in our world, and we need to be paying attention to what's going on. And this latest book, Letter to the American Church, is a great reminder of what happens when a nation forgets God. We'll be back with more on Crosspoint right after this. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the Programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Talking today with Eric McTaxis, and Eric, you've written some books, but I think this is a really good book and a very timely book, Letter to the American Church. I know you've been out promoting this book, and I think it needs to be because we've really got some issues out there, and the American church, basically, from going through the book here, the American church needs to step up and be the church, doesn't it? Well, it's the old story. Uh, You know, you can go back to the Old Testament, and you can see the prophets calling the people of God 
to be the people of God. And in New Testament times, the prophets of God are calling the church to be the church. This book, Letter to the American Church, is the shortest book I ever wrote, but I have never felt anything close to the urgency uh, that anyone who calls himself a Christian uh, needs to understand what God is saying to his people in this hour. We've got to stand. We've got to speak. We've got to live out our faith. We've got to stop thinking that believing theology in my head counts for anything. It counts for nothing if you do not live it out in your life. And somehow we got the memo uh, in the American church over the decades that uh, I can I can live it out sometimes, or maybe I don't need to. I, I'm all under grace. And I think that's why we are where we are today. So that's why it's called Letter to the American Church. But the thing is, I wrote it because of the parallels that I saw, very dramatic, clear parallels to what happened to the German church in the 1930s. And if you've read the book, you know that I, I talk about the silence of the German church in the early 30s, way before anybody could dream of the evil that was going to be unleashed as a result of the Nazis. The German church was very quiet. They didn't see the urgency. They didn't get it. They didn't understand that if we don't act now, it's game over. We only have a short window. And what I'm saying in letters to the American church is it's exactly the same thing. And I wish I were exaggerating, but I promise you it is crystal clear to me that the the inability of the German church in the 30s to see what was ahead was exactly like the inability of many in churches in the United States. They think, well, I'm just going to stay in my theological lane. I don't want to speak on anything controversial. Uh, I don't want to get political. That is nonsense. That's not biblical. We are called to call out corruption. We're called to speak about every issue concerning anyone, because what we believe from the Scripture affects everything. It affects how I see men and women, sexuality. It affects the whole idea of, is it okay to have a nation? Is it okay to have a border? Uh, every single thing is affected, is meant to be affected, by our biblical faith. So any pastors that say, well, we don't want to get controversial, we don't want that's what they were saying in Germany in the 30s, and it led to a nightmare, and I believe the Lord gives us the example of what happened in Germany in the 30s, as a warning to us. And, and you know, it's not like a distant warning. It, that is where we are now. Our silence now is precisely the same as the silence of the German church in the early 30s. Yeah. On page nine of the book, you say, have we forgotten the pastors of the 18th century who spoke boldly from their colonial pulpits against the tyranny of King George III and opposed him by name? What is it that the voices that helped us to gain, whereas the voices our freedoms and help create our Constitution? That's what we need. That's what's so fascinating is that this nonsense that we're not supposed to be political, you think, where did you get that? That's not biblical. We all know we're not supposed to make an idol of politics. We get that. Yeah. By the way, I'm not supposed to make an idol of anything, any good thing, any bad thing. I'm not supposed to have idols. But the idea that we're not supposed to be political— we would not have the United States of America if the pastors of that generation, the 18th century, did not recognize that it was their duty as Christians to speak out against what they saw, to speak out against tyranny. It wasn't just that they had the freedom to do that. They had the obligation before God to speak the truth to their congregations and to arm their congregations with the knowledge 
of what the Scripture says, and they were not afraid to do that. When you look at the next century, when the issue of slavery comes up, you, you had pastors saying, look, this is what I see the Scripture saying. They didn't say, well, we, we don't want to take a side on that. Now, some did, and the ones who said, well, we don't want to take a side on that, they were doing the same thing pastors are doing today. They're saying, oh, we don't want the Bible to interfere with real life. We just want to keep it in its little, you know, maybe concerns you personally, but it can't affect cultural issues or political issues. We are obliged by, by the Word of God to speak what the Word of God says about everything. And if the Word of God addresses a topic, uh, the idea that I'm not supposed to go there, that's not biblical. But that has crept into the American Church so that you've got all kinds of pastors on various levels accommodating evil in their silence. And I want to say it again. I mean, if you read my book, Letters to the American Church, the warning is that this is exactly what the German Church did. It's, it's, it's not close to what the German Church did. It's exactly what they did. The Germans were sophisticated. They were culturally Christian. They, they were not, this was not some primitive culture. They were very, very, very similar to where we are. They were spoiled because they always had a wonderful relationship between the Church and state. They set a very high bar. They said, we don't ever need to go up against the state or speak against the state. Romans 13, that settles it. And Bonhoeffer was trying to say that, I mean, you don't understand, the head of the state is now trying to take over the Church, trying to tell you what you can and cannot say, what you can and cannot believe. And it's only beginning, and you better speak up now. And they didn't speak up when it began. And by the time they saw how bad it was and where it was going, it was too late. And it is a nightmare that was unleashed uh, in, in Europe. And I speak, I believe, without any exaggeration, that that is exactly where we're headed today. If the Church does not live out its faith and speak boldly on every one of these issues and, and protest when they see things that are wrong and do whatever we can possibly do, get involved politically, get involved in the culture, if the Church doesn't do that, then the Lord says to us, where is your faith? You claim to have faith. I don't see you acting on your faith. There, there are lives at stake. There are young people whose lives are being destroyed by the transgender madness. Will you be silent? Everywhere you look, there's madness. I think most Americans see it. The question is, will the Church take action? Will the Church speak? Yeah. Chapter 5 of the book, you talk about 12,000 pastors, and there's kind of where you're talking about how Bonhoeffer was really kind of aggravated with the German church leaders, you know, yeah. not they're doing it. And there was a few that helped him, you know, Martin Niemuller and, and Karl Barth and a few of those, but not many. But you said here on page 43, you talk about what is shocking to us today is that most pastors in Germany, they were not willing to sign in. And that's what today as well, you know, they'll say, well, we believe these things to be true. We believe the Bible, but we're not going to sign anything or take a stance any certain way on that. But they say they believe it. But if you believe it, then you have to do it, or maybe you don't believe it. See, that is what I find to be the theological nightmare, is that you have people in America, and they were guilty of it in Germany, they have bad theology. And we, uh, let's be clear, bad theology is from the pit of hell. And what's the bad theology? The bad theology is, oh, it's all about faith, which means I just have to believe it in my head. Well, that's not biblical faith. Biblical faith means if you do believe it in your head, and in your heart, you will live it out. You will not just keep it in your head. You won't keep it uh, in a little silo away from the rest of your life. And that 
heresy crept into the German church, so they, they seemed to feel they had a biblical mandate to do nothing. They kept thinking, well, it's not bad enough, it's not bad enough, it's not our role. And Bonhoeffer was saying, according to Scripture, this is exactly your role. The church is the conscience of the state. If, 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 the, if the state goes to hell in a handbasket, the Lord will blame his church first, because we're the ones who claim to believe Jesus defeated death on the cross. We're supposed to not fear death. We expect that of persecuted Christians all around the world. Will we do that? And that, to my mind, is what is so amazing, is that you see these terrible things happening in this nation, which we thought could never happen. These are just the beginning of what's going to happen if the Church doesn't wake up right now and begin to speak. And again, if you don't believe it, look at what happened in Germany. My Bonhoeffer book is the longest book I ever wrote. You can get chapter and verse in there on how it all happened. But the shortest book I wrote, which is this new one, Letter to the American Church, I try to give the highlight so people can understand this is not something I'm making up. This is not my point of view. This is history, and human beings suffered horribly because of the silence and inaction of the Church. Now, in chapter 15 of the book, you, you call it religious uh, Christianity, which I agree. I call it sometimes casual Christianity. You quote Galatians 5.1 there, and then you start off by saying, because there can be no question that we in the American church have drifted from the pure and utter freedom that it means to live out our faith fearlessly, will we repent of this and avoid the sure judgment that comes from our disobedience, or will we continue to let fear dictate what we do and continue in our religious bondage to sin and death and reap the whirlwind? And that's where we're headed, the whirlwind. Well, the, the term that I use is Bonhoeffer, in a letter to his best friend, he said the reason this evil has come upon us, he wrote this from prison. This was when it was at the end, and they could all see that the nation had turned itself over to atheists, wicked uh, Nazis. Most of them didn't see it coming. Bonhoeffer saw it coming. He said, how did it happen? He says, because we've been playing church. We think that, you know, you get dressed up and you go to church on a Sunday morning and you're saved by grace and you're done. And he says, what we have needed is a religionless Christianity. In other words, stop playing church, stop playing religion, live out your faith 24-7, not on an, an, for an hour or so on Sunday morning, but you live out your faith the way the early church did, the way people do who are being persecuted in other countries. That is what the Lord has equipped us to stand against evil. And he says, we have not had that, a religionless Christianity that says that my faith touches everything, and I will live it out. And by the way, when Christians take faith out of the Church and into the culture and into politics and into media and into schools, you are blessing the people in those organizations and in those institutions. You are not imposing anything on them. You are bringing them the freedom and the truth of God, and there are so many that are hungry for that. They're wondering in these crazy times, is anybody willing to speak the truth on these issues? And I really believe if you care about evangelism, that's the irony, you need to speak way more about this stuff. People are hungry. They're dying for leadership and clarity. And a lot of pastors think, well, I don't want to talk too much. You know, it's, uh, it's divisive, and I'm all about evangelism. I don't want to talk about divisive stuff. And the irony is those churches are losing members. They're losing uh, their giving is going down. And the churches that are speaking on this, and I've been invited to many of these churches, are exploding, and they're saying, we, we have to add services because people are hungry. So that's the irony. If you care about evangelism, 
you talk about everything with no fear. Yeah, I appreciate it. Eric, I heard you on some other programs talking, and I can remember one in particular where somebody was talking to you, and they said, well, we have few pastors out here that could be doing a lot better today, and they're very popular, but they refuse to do it. They want to speak on these other issues, and they won't speak out against anything that's going on, take a stand on homosexuality, nothing like that. And he said, I won't mention any names, he said, but these people could have a lot more effect. And I remember at the end of that, you go, well, I'll mention the names, and you did. You yeah. mentioned some of the people that have the ability to speak into our society and yet refuse, as churches that have some, you know, that people look at, the, the, a voice out there, and, and they still won't speak up. Well, in, in, in the next program, I can get into some of those names. I'm saying this in the hope that some of these people will see their error. And I wrote this book for those pastors that do not get it, because if they don't get it, they are part of the problem, and it's a, it's a huge problem. It is affecting human lives. This is not theoretical, and, and I just believe the Lord is trying to call His Church uh, to wake up and to step up and to be the Church. It's why we are alive in this hour, and, and that's, uh, that's a glorious thing when you think of it. Yeah. Well, folks, we are talking about the Letter to the American Church, a book out now by Eric Metaxas, and uh, stay with us. We're going to be back with more right after this. On purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. To get God's truths into their lives. Share God's love with people who need encouragement. You get the truth of God out there and it resounds and it resonates. 91.7 The Word. There's amazing things in people's lives. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. My guest today, Eric Metaxas. Letter to the American Church. Now, you've, of course, Bonhoeffer and other stuff you've wrote as well. Can you tell us how people can find this book that you've got out now and other works you've done as well? People should be able to find uh, any of my books, practically any place where they get books. But I always tell people, please go to my website. It's just my name, ericmetaxas.com, because if you go there, you'll, you'll get the most options. So just go to ericmetaxas.com. And, uh, you know, I'm all over the Internet. I've preached on this in many churches, and uh, people can hear me talk about it more. But uh, in terms of getting the book, Pretty much anywhere, but I always say ericmetaxas.com is the easiest thing. And I, you know, I have a daily radio show, and all of that is posted if you sign up uh, at ericmetaxas.com. So you can you can kind of get more details on this stuff. All right. In, in the book, um, Two Errors of Faith is the chapter there. You say, when the German church in the 1930s and the American church of today focused on the doctrinal statements but forget that we are obligated to live out what we claim to believe, we make a mockery of what God actually requires of us. This right. is what Bonhoeffer was calling the German church to repent of its Reformation Day sermon, on its Reformation Day sermon, that is, that God is calling America as well, church today, to repent. Why do we have such a problem with repenting as a church? I mean, we've got some people out there, pastors, said we don't have to repent. What did we do? Well, listen, this has been, uh, we said at the beginning of the, the previous segment, this is as old as the hills. Uh, the, the church is full of uh, sinners, and some of them want to repent and want to hear from God, and others don't and won't, and it's a great mystery. All I can say is God always has his holy remnant, and there are many who get it, uh, who hear what God is saying, and who are repenting, and who are calling others to repentance. And, I, you know, I say to people, give this book to, to that pastor that doesn't seem to get this, because he may just need the inspiration and the biblical understanding of this that he does not have to give him the courage he needs. And by the way, if you're going to a church, 
where they refuse to get this. They still want to play church. Get out of that church. Do not give a dime to that church. We are in a crucial hour at this moment. Uh, Our society is being torn apart. Only the church, standing in faith and, and acting on its faith, can possibly avert what lies ahead. I say this bluntly, only the church. God has appointed the church to be a voice of clarity in this time. We are the only ones, uh, in many cases, that understand right from wrong on certain issues, and we have to speak boldly and clearly. I think there are, by the way, tons and tons of Americans that are going to come to faith as a result of what we're going through and by seeing the leadership of the church on these issues. If your kids are being indoctrinated with transgender lunacy, you're looking around thinking, is there anybody out there that has any clarity on this? And if there's a church that's speaking to this, you're going to think about going to that church, but you're not going to go to that dead church that's playing at having some nice religious service when the world is burning all around us. That's really the issue. Speaking the truth in love is another uh, chapter of the book, page 89. You say, uh, we have drunk the rationalist Kool-Aid and have in God's own church introduced the idea that his great and unfavorable mysteries can be reduced to creeds or statements of faith as if we could reduce him to that level, as if we could remake him into our own image. That's happened a lot. We, again, it's back to kind of uh, religious Christianity. Well, I think... You know, there's the, 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 part of the reason I wrote this book, in a way, is that you can look in almost any direction and see madness and brokenness. It, it's not limited to one or two issues. It's not limited to abortion. Uh, it is everywhere you look, you see madness. What horrifies me is that there are pastors, uh, again, there's a continuum. You're always going to see people that they get it, and they're fiery, and they're speaking this. And then you're going to get uh, people on the other side that they, they're woke. They're going along with critical race theory. They're, you know, uh, apologizing for being white if they're white or whatever whatever it is. They've drunk this kind of cultural Marxist Kool-Aid, and they're they're so lost. But what about everybody in the middle? I think about all the churches in the middle that they are afraid to speak, to take a side. And they are really enabling evil. They're enabling the woke churches to succeed and to have a stronger voice. I think of... Uh, the Church of England uh, it, it recently decided to uh, de-gender God. I mean, it's the dumbest thing. You almost want to laugh and laugh. Like, that's just the dumbest thing I ever heard, that they would even talk about this. But listen, that's just the Church of England. But in this country, whether it's the Episcopal Church or all the liberal mainline denominations, they have already gone woke. My question is, what about the churches? the evangelical churches, the real churches that believe in the Word of God that do not have the courage to speak on these issues. Those in the middle are the guilty ones, in a sense, because they are enabling this. And so I wrote this book saying there are people who can be reached. There are people who are who are there being quiet because they think that's the wise thing, and I want people to let them know, listen, it's not the wise thing. In Germany, they thought it was the wise thing. They were quiet, and they were quiet, and by the time they saw what was happening, it was too late. You mentioned Martin Niemöller. He was a hero, but he's one of the good guys who didn't get it in time. He, as great as he became, he woke up too late. And he wrote that famous poem, you know, first they came for this group and I didn't speak up, then they came for that group and I didn't speak up. He understood that he was guilty of being silent in the face of evil, and when he finally began to speak, there was really no 
way to do anything. And that's what I believe God is saying about the American church. We are in that window right now. We have a few minutes, a few weeks, a few months. I don't know how long we have, but this is the moment where if the church does not raise, rise up uh, and be the church and understand you are in an all-out war, the forces of evil have come into the culture, and if all they could do is just persuade you, just be quiet, just don't talk, just don't act, not yet, don't be a hothead. Well, if they can persuade us to be quiet for a little longer, they will control all the levers of power. They will be able to crush dissent. They have tried to censor people. They've censored me. They knocked my program off YouTube, which is one of the reasons I tell people go to my website, ericmetaxas.com, and sign up for my newsletter, because it is happening now, and everybody needs to be in this fight. This is a fight for strangers. There are people out there depending on how the Church behaves today, just as the Jews depended on how the Church behaved in Germany, uh, just as tons of people all around Europe, their lives were destroyed because the Church failed to act in time. And so I'm not trying to be an alarmist. What I see is very clear. And uh, I, I wrote this book uh, in a measured way to try to help people understand that this is not just some opinion. Um, I, I, I mentioned earlier there are people across the spectrum. There's a terrible book that was written by Pastor Andy Stanley saying that people should do the opposite of what I'm saying. He's basically saying people shouldn't speak on anything that's divisive. We should only focus on the gospel. And I think, well, what is your definition of the gospel? Jesus called out sin and corruption. Uh, if Jesus didn't focus on the gospel, according to Andy Stanley, uh, are we trying to be holier than Jesus? It's preposterous. It's not biblical. God speaks truth, and he calls out corruption, and we are to do the same thing, and that's part of what it is to preach the whole gospel. And so you have pastors like that doing that, but the worst thing for me was when I went to the Amazon page, and I looked at the Andy Stanley book, and I saw that there was a big a big blurb from Jim Daly of Focus on the Family, and I thought, that's how bad things are that a good guy like Jim Daly is drinking this Kool-Aid, and I don't know where he is today on it, but he gave his big endorsement to this book, which is a theological and historical mess, and it's misleading millions of people. They, they think, oh yeah, this, this lead pastor said, we don't need to comment on this, that it's not our business, we're being the church means not getting involved in that stuff. That is an absolute lie. It is, is, it's a mistake. I have nothing against Andy Stanley, but I want to say to my brother in Christ that, that that's this is not biblical. I understand the heart behind it, but it's it's ultimately it's wrong. And many pastors who espoused those ideas in Germany, uh, when they finally saw what what their silence had done, it destroyed them. They knew that it was too late uh, to to repent. So I, I I know there's a lot of good guys out there who've drunk this Kool Aid, and I wrote this book hoping to reach enough of them to wake them up because the, the time is, it, the hour is late. Yeah, and you're right, Eric. I mean, I, I appreciate you being bold because I know it cost you uh, for doing that. You know, you'll you'll have to pay a price for doing that, just like Bonhoeffer and others did as well. You know, I know well, that. Well, we all are called to pay a price. That's yeah. so funny. we got this idea in American Christianity, like, well, I don't have to pay a price here, maybe in other countries. You think, wait a minute, what a joy to pay any price for your faith in Jesus, for living out your faith in Jesus. That's the whole point of having faith, is to say that I can't outgive God. Whatever whatever price I pay is nothing compared to the price he paid, and it's nothing 
compared to how he will bless me in this life and in the life to come. That's what it is to be a Christian. So I think that, you know, we need to understand that trying to play it safe is really to run away from biblical faith. And it's to say, I really don't have that kind of faith. And if you don't, you ought to be scared because that, that's that's the most important thing there is. Yeah. Now, in the back part of the book, I believe about the last chapter there, the final push, you're talking about President Reagan, some things that went on there. And you, you make a statement here on 133 page, truly great leaders know that sometimes doing the heroic and right thing is a lonely business and that they will probably never get those around them to understand what they're doing. This is one of the hallmarks, though, of true leadership. And this is what others are having to do, just like what you're doing today. You're having to speak up on this. Uh, there's a price for it. But again, we've seen what happens when people do the right thing. Reagan was surrounded by, today we call them rhinos. They were giving him the safe advice. Let me tell you what to do that's presidential and safe. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I've been elected by the American people to lead, and I need to be bold. I need to say what is right, and I need to do what I what I believe is right. But these voices kept telling him, well, not yet, not yet. Don't be so divisive. You know, be more measured, be more diplomatic. There's a time for that. But then there's a time when you need to stick your neck out and lead. And I believe that's what God is calling every one of us to do, not just leaders. We're all called to be leaders in our own world, in our own little spheres, to be heroes. That's what it is to walk as a Christian in faith. And Reagan, in the last chapter of my book, Letter to the American Church, he's a classic example of that, that the naysayers were all around him telling him, no, 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 that's just too, that's too hot-headed. Tone it down, tone it down. If he had toned it down, the Soviet Union would have never fallen. Think of the lives affected who lived under communism. Uh, my mother was one of them, lived in East Germany uh, as a young woman. And I got to tell you, if you care about people around the world, you need to care about this kind of stuff. This is not about us. This is about uh, those lives beyond the church. This is about people in other countries. They are looking to the American church to do the right thing, just as the world was looking to the German church to do the right thing. German church did not do the right thing. We saw what happened. Now, right at the when you open this book up and you look at the cover, it says, "Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless." That's a pretty good statement right there. In the way you start out your book here in letter to the American church, a lot of people. Uh, uh, have attributed that to Bonhoeffer. I can't really find that Bonhoeffer said that, but it doesn't matter because it sums up, A, what is true, and B, what Bonhoeffer was trying to get across. You, If you think you could take a safe path in the middle, yeah. a third way, let's just stay right here in the middle, and be silent in the face of evil, uh, you are helping evil to thrive, to come into the world. And I want people to understand that, that you have to choose. There is no—God does not give us a third option. Either you stand with him, either you love him passionately, or you hate him. God does not say, well, you know, I just want you to like me a little bit. Um, he says, you know, what, what are the, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. But we're supposed to be passionate about our faith. And somewhere along the way, I think we got this memo that, well, I just need to kind of be nice or uh, don't cause trouble, or whatever it is. I don't know what that is, but it's not biblical, uh, and it has brought us to this dark path uh, in American history, and, and I believe the Lord is 
speaking loudly. There's some that will hear it. There's some that won't. But let's make sure that we're part of that holy remnant and that we call others to be part of the holy remnant, because the Lord will judge the Church if we do not stand up and speak up against the innumerable evils that we see in any direction. It doesn't matter what direction you're going in. We can talk about any issue, and we all know what those issues are. It's authoritarian uh, government. Uh, It is corruption in government. It is everywhere you look, you see this, and it's up to the Church to speak out loudly and to act and be willing to pay a price and trust God with that. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it reminds me of a, of a church here in the area. It's quite a ways from here, but in this general area, the pastor decided on Wednesday nights with all the chaos going on in the world, he was going and he made an announcement through the city. If you want to know what's going on in this world, I want you to come on Wednesday nights to our church. He said, I'm going to bring the newspaper and I'm going to bring the Bible and I'm going to read out of the newspaper what's going on. I'm going to read out of the Bible and tell you why it's going on and what's happening. That church has built on and grown and built on and grown. It's been quite a deal, but I thought that's a great way to approach what's happening in our world today uh, to kind of get people to understand. Even the people on the outside, you know, running ads in the paper for people that didn't even go to church. Hey, if you want to know what's going on, come. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I love it. Because God is all about us taking our faith into all the world. That doesn't mean other countries. That means into every sphere. Talk about every subject. He wants his truth to to be brought into into everything, into current events, we need to get uh, we need to get very serious about that. So, yeah, yeah, that's a, what a wonderful idea. Yeah. Okay. So the book's entitled "Letter to the American Church." Again, Eric, tell us how people can find that book. Well, they can go to um, my my website is ericmetaxas.com. Even if you can't spell it, you'll probably find it ericmetaxas.com. And there's all kinds of other stuff there. Folks can sign up for my newsletter and and get all the interviews that I do with with all kinds of people every week. And so I'm just grateful uh to you mark for for inviting me on this program and uh thank you for for being a voice among the voices out there this is this is we're all in this together so god bless you thank you well folks good talking with eric metaxas today there's a man that's on fire and we need a lot more christians on fire like that we've got a lot of things going on in our world out here that need to be addressed. And it's going to take strong men and women like Eric Metaxas and others that is going to speak out in society and tell the world what's going on and what the Bible says about what's going on. You know, that Bible also I hold in my hand right now. It's the Word of God. It's it's everybody that's ever done anything in Christianity that's been good and worthwhile and real is because of this Word. It's it's the very essence of life. The book accurately will describe life to you and your life as well and the role you play uh, here while you're on earth. shows you what eternity holds for those that will follow the Word of God. Why? Because the Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly ever follow. Be sure and join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week. Allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNAO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, the Osho, Missouri 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online.
Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.